case you're just joining us, this is Aspire with Osha, Art, Nature, Humanity, and I'm your host, Osha Hayden. We are talking about weight and eating disorders and the factors in our society that contribute to people's obsession with food and with weight. And so now Laura Lee Rourke is going to tell us more about some solutions to the issue. So Laura Lee, I'm so glad you're here today. So can you talk a little bit about some of the solutions? I mean, what can people do if they realize that, yes, I am struggling with my weight and yes, I am obsessing about food. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessing about my diet and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really huge amounts of, of shame and guilt and negative emotions over how I look and relative to how I think I should look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, when we first started Beyond Hunger, we sort of narrowed it down. And the reason why we narrowed it down to a three-prong process was because both Carol Normandy and I, the two founders of Beyond Hunger and the co-authors of our books, we narrowed it down to a three-prong process because both of us recovered from our own eating disorders in different times and places, but it was pretty much the same that we had to accept and love and take care of the body that we had. We gave up dieting. We gave up ever even thinking that we're going to change our bodies. So learning how to love and take care of, accept the body that you have. The second part is to learn how to eat intuitively. And we all know how to eat intuitively because we've all been a baby. There's nobody alive that's not been a baby. And babies intuitively know when they're uncomfortable They know when they're sleepy. They know when they want to wake up. They know when they're hungry. They know when they're full. They'll turn their head away. They'll push the food away. They'll spit the food out if you keep on trying to give it to them. (laughs) And they also know, like all of us know, deep in our bodies, what food it likes, what, what what really feeds us. We know our bodies know that. So our head may say chips and chocolate, not that there's anything wrong with chips and chocolate, but your body might say, I'd like a warm bowl of soup. And after that, I would like some potato chips and chocolate. And, you know, I tell my clients, oh, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. And maybe not, maybe you can't. But I will guarantee you, your body will sooner or later say, I would like some peas. I would like some protein. I want some roughage. It will say those things. It's subtle, just like the message that we're hungry and we're full is also subtle because we've learned how to roughshod, ride roughshod over it. I didn't want to hear when I was suffering from an eating disorder that I was hungry. I didn't want to hear that I was full. I certainly didn't want to hear what my body wanted ever. I didn't like my body. So I didn't want to pay attention to it. Well, and also our tastes are very much influenced by big ag and the big food corporations that have all these advertisements of these 
food dripping with, you know, cheese, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And manufacturing a desire for, you know, fat, sugar, salt, right? Right. Our bodies might want, sometimes my body says, I really need some spinach right now. Yes. Or I'll crave like kasha. Yeah. Yeah. My body will just say, I need, I don't know, the vitamins that are in it, something. My body needs it right now. Right. And I tell people, trust that. Trust your body. You're going to have your body from the minute you get here to the minute you leave. So you might as well trust it. It says this, and it says this, and it says this, and it's not lying. (laughs) A lot of times our brain is lying. You know, like it says, don't eat that, or yes, eat that. And that may or may not be true, but your body knows. And then the third prong is learning how to take care of ourselves emotionally, feeling our feelings, know what your feelings are, know how to get help if you need it, know how to process them, know how to, you know, the simple way of if you need to set a boundary with somebody is when this happens, this is how I feel and this is what I would like. And then know that the person might not obey. But you at least put your boundary out there and you stayed with I statements and you didn't shame them and you didn't shame yourself and you asked for what you needed. And I think in this day and age that gets lost, that communication. And we put boundaries down by ghosting people or not answering text or phone calls <laughs> or mm. calling, calling people names, you know, like they're too woke or they're too, uh, you know, they're too this or too that. And, you know, it just separates us instead of seeing where we are. You know, we're all just humans just bumping along trying to to live on this planet. There's that saying that we are actually spiritual beings trying to have a human experience, which mm-hmm. is not that easy. <laughs> well, no, right? And I think there is a lot of value in looking at and really thinking about the beauty that is within and focusing on that beauty. And if you know that you walk a path of beauty, if you know that you're grounded in beauty and, you know, the earth is beneath you, supporting you and the sky above you, the light is supporting you and there is beauty all around you so that when you walk, you walk in beauty and you leave a, a wake of beauty yes. behind you, right? Yeah, a soft footprint on the planet, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about when I was talking about eating disorders is that people don't, again, they don't realize how deadly they are. So in the country that we live in right now, there is a death every 52 minutes of somebody dying from an eating disorder. Now, that could be from stroke or heart attack. It won't necessarily go on the death certificate. But the beginning of whatever disease that person might have started with an eating disorder. So, you know, there's a push to to sort of get that back into the hands of people so that we can start counting exactly how many people do die every year of an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people take their own lives. And what is really upsetting them is their bodies. 
You know, they just right. loathe them. They loathe them and they hate that they're overeating or undereating and they just hate the whole thing and they can't handle it anymore. Well, and you it, know, there's a show. I, I don't remember if it's on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Apple anyway. It's called uh, Physical and it's about a woman who does the binging and purging mm-hmm. on junk food. And then it's a, you hear her self-hatred. And you hear the hatred she has of, you know, it extends to everyone around her. It's just, it's really um, an interesting show with respect to showing Mm -hmm. what an eating disorder really looks like from. Yeah. And I feel like people need help with that because again, you know, I needed help to get over my eating disorder. And then we started beyond hunger to help other people. And we're not the only people in the world doing this. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of wonderful therapy and programs that you go and live there for a few weeks or whatever. And a a lot of it is about remembering or learning again how how to take care of yourself, how to love yourself unconditionally, how to build your self esteem that all of your worth is not just on your body or who you, what you do, but instead of who you are. And unlike alcohol or drugs or cigarettes, we can't give up food. We can't give up our body. We have to have a relationship with our food and our body. We have to. We have to have relationships with other people. We have to have some sort of gentle, uh, healthy relationship with money. So these are things that we have to learn how to handle and learn how to take care of and take care of ourselves. And so a lot of times, you know, you do need help for that because it gets all convoluted, especially you walk outside and you are bombarded by all these messages of you're not good enough and you're never going to be good enough unless you take this really new pill, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, or something. Right, right. right. And it also goes to that sort of the culture here, which is about more, 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 and more. That's and right. so we overconsume, we overspend, we overeat, we over everything pretty much. Everything. Yes. You know, and that affects our relationship to the earth and it affects the climate crisis. If we're stuck in this cycle of, you know, more, 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 more using, consuming, mm-hmm. it really, we, we need to think about how we come back to a place of more simplicity in the sense of recognizing what do I really need? What do I really want? Right. Not just what is manufactured out there for us to be beautiful and oh, you need these <laughs> Earrings, you need this dress that costs $2,000. You need these high heels. You need da 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 da. Yeah. And and this facelift and that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I tell my clients, especially the young ones, the messages in this culture to be something that you're not. Whatever it is that you are, well, this needs a little work. (laughs) And it gets worse as you get older, even though there's studies showing that the Kids get bullied the most for being too fat or being too big. And I always think, are these kids doctors? How do they know that that little kid is too big? How, you know, but it is 
a bully. And a lot of times the teachers don't really stop it because they also live in the culture that we live in, which is it's not good to be fat. You must be thin. And if you're not a thin person, it's good to be however way you come. That's really the most important part. We have we live in a fat phobic society. And I tell my clients, you know, there is a fat acceptance movement. It's moving very slow, but it is here. The health at every size movement, which is uh, don't worry about your size. Worry about your health. Worry about yourself. How do I feel? How do I take care of myself? How do I feed my body in its most optimum way? How do I move my body? Just like intuitive eating, we know how to intuitively move. You know, my body will tell me just like my dog will that it wants to go on a walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my sometimes I I won't I won't ignore my dog, but sometimes I'll I'll ignore my body because I don't want to go on a walk right then. But it is really good to do it, you know. <laughs> Asking me that and to just listen to the, our bodies, listen to our emotional selves. We have a lot to say to ourselves, and we need to listen to that. I think that is so important. Yeah. It's so important. The messages that we give ourselves, that self-talk, that chatter that goes on pretty much continually for most people, unless you're in a deep meditation. Yeah. That negative chatter, it's really important to pay attention to that because what we're often doing is basically hypnotizing ourselves to believe something negative rather than to support ourselves and align with something positive. Yeah. So that self-talk is is crucial, don't you find? Oh, I'm telling you, you know, people have these, well, I'm old enough to say that they're tapes, you know, but that's not really a thing anymore. But we have these uh, things that go off in our brain when we're upset about something else that will tell us that we're not okay and we never will be okay. And however way you are, you need to be a different way or, you know, my chatter, my brain chatter spoke to me like I would never speak to another being ever. I would never say these things to people. And, but I would tell myself that all day long, all day long. Yeah. Right. So we can be cruel to ourselves and treat ourselves in ways we might not treat anyone else. That's right. It all comes around. So so those are a few of the ideas. Let's talk about how people can find you. So you have a website, lauraleerourke.com. L-A-U-R-E-L-E-E-R-O-A-R-K. And if you forget that and you don't remember, just go to Beyond Hunger. I will always come up in on that website. And then the podcast as well. It's it's not about food, which is also the book I and my business partner wrote. And over it is for teenage girls. So you can put any of those in. We will come up. I will come up and you can follow that. And people who are much younger than me can do that in about a half a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to a short break and we'll come back in just a moment with more 
of Laura Lee, and we'll be talking about the healing benefits of psychedelics in the third chapter. So do stay tuned. <music> 